I'm your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 82. Good to see you, man. We got a special treat later today. We do? Yeah, we got a, a guest calling in. Oh, great. So that'll be fun. Thank you for telling me these things. Yeah, no problem. So I guess we should just get right into it. Yeah, let's go. I've got nothing up top. Let's get into a review. Do okay. it. Go, go, go. All right. Uh, this just came out on Netflix. Uh, Windfall. Just a series or a movie? It's a movie. Have you okay. seen any... Uh, posters or anything nothing so all i knew about it was what i saw on the uh, netflix you know the ads or whatever jason siegel yeah who i love muppet movie i love you man great movies jesse plemons the power of the dog yeah also friday night lights and breaking bad bunch of stuff in between that wonderful episode of black mirror of course uh jesse plemons looking a little bit like um He's always looked a little bit like Matt Damon, I've thought. Yeah. And now he's put on some weight. So he really looks like Matt Damon? No, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Fat Damon. Um, <laughs> and uh, Lily Collins, who, of course, was in uh, The Last Tycoon, which I liked a lot. Uh, so anyway. Emily in Paris. Oh, okay. Did you watch any of Emily in Paris, no. by the way? I didn't. I was making sure you haven't. Uh, okay. <laughs> in my brain, all of a sudden, I was like, did you watch some of that? But you did not. I did not. Okay, know. cool. All right, thank you. And there's only one other person in this movie, uh, the gardener played by Omar Leva, which you uh, have never heard of. But point is, there's four people in the whole movie. Uh, it's only 92 minutes long. Ooh, it's now, a selling point. We've been complaining, or I've been complaining mostly about how long stuff is. I mean, a year ago, this would have been turned into a 50 episode, hour long, you know, series. This was a pretty short movie, 92 minutes. I'll give you a, a synopsis of the plot. Um, a guy breaks into a billionaire's house. The billionaire and his wife come home unexpectedly, and uh, that's it. It's a drama. Uh, it's a thriller, suspense, very suspenseful, very uncomfortable most of the time. Yet Jason Siegel uh, manages to make it kind of lighthearted and funny. He's very funny, even in a suspense thriller, which he totally sells. He's himself. It's like the actual Jason Siegel broke into someone's house. He's, it's very watchable, and it's not heavy. It's not too much in the uh, suspense, but it's definitely very tense. It's a slow burn. Now, I bring that up because I read a review about this that said it was too much of a slow burn, given that uh, we're all used to watching short things and one-hour episodes, and this took the whole hour and a half to get to the end. I mean, obviously, but there's a lot of downtime. But it's not a two-hour-plus movie. That's my point. We're calling 92-minute movies a slow burn now. Parasite was two hours, 12 minutes. That's the closest thing structurally that you could find like for a script. Remember Parasite, everything happened in the last 10 minutes of the movie? Yeah. It's not quite like that, but again, it's 92 minutes. It's not two hours and 12 minutes. So it is a slow burn for a 92-minute movie, but it's... Very entertaining the whole way through, and enough stuff happens. It's a single location thing, right up my alley. I can't imagine this cost a whole lot to make. Uh, the director of photography, 
Now that's the guy that that does the filming. Is that what he yeah. is, Joe? For the people at home, uh huh. The DP, the cinematographer. Double penetration. <laughs> really, Sorry, Demo? I know, I know. I'm I, look. I have, I'm trying to contribute something here. Okay. Well, you haven't seen it though, right? No. Okay. Well, it looks amazing. The DP is Isaiah Danae Lee. This was only his second feature. Uh, he had a, another Netflix feature that uh, I haven't seen yet or even heard of till today, but beautiful. They shoot it out in the desert, this huge uh, vacation home that the billionaire and his wife own. Incredible looking movie, very well directed. Now, this was directed and partially written by, uh, there were four writers, Charlie McDowell. Does that ring a bell? No. The One I Love was a Duplass thing. Oh, a Duplass thing. And Just, you should open with that. Yeah, He's you're a Duplass right. writer. Okay, thanks. And then the Discovery, which was kind of a sci-fi thing, also starred Jason Siegel about uh, accessing his afterlife memories or something like that. That was a good one too. Netflix that came out a few years ago, pre-COVID, believe it or not. Anyway, I loved this thing. Not good. getting good reviews. Not getting good reviews. A buddy of mine. Yeah. Called me yesterday. He goes, hey, have you seen this uh, thing with Jesse Plemons? I'm like, the power of the dog. He goes, oh, hell no. This other <laughs> thing. I'm like, what other thing? The one with the guy from How I Met Your Mother. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, Jason Siegel. I go, no, I, I know nothing about this. He goes, it's called Windfall. Starts out great and then ends terrible. That's what he told me. I said, okay. all right, it sounds like a pass, but you're saying it's a binge. Well, I am saying it's a binge. The thing that he might be uh, sensing is that you know, four writers, four story by writers, two screenplay by writers who were also two of the four guys. And I don't know if you know this, when they put an and sign, an ampersand, that means a rewrite. Whereas if it was written by Demo and Joe Taylor, A-N-D, that means we wrote it together. Written by Demo and ampersand Joe Taylor means I rewrote your terrible script. Whoa. Yeah. So this is... I did not know that. Yeah, that's true. Really? Mm-hmm. means separate creative contributions. That is something I find fascinating. There we go. I thought I knew everything. Wow. Now you do. I'm enlightened (laughs) on the ways of the WGA. Yeah. So I'll cut to the chase here. Windfall on Netflix just came out. Jason Segel, Jesse Plemons, Lily Collins. Absolute binge. I'm just thinking about whose opinion I trust more, you or my buddy. Whether I should watch this or not, Joe, I'm going to go with you. I will watch it. Well, I am the professional. You are the professional. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I also I also understand your friend's uh, criticism. Some people might might agree with him, but it's worth watching. I say. All right, cool. Okay. Definitely, I'll check it out. What do you got? All right, I had something that a couple people were like, "Oh man, you got to check this out. It just came out on Amazon Prime. It's great." I was like, "All right, I think they oversold it on me a little bit, but it is." The Boys Presents Diabolical. Now, The Boys referencing the Amazon show. This is not another season. This is not another season. This is uh, eight animated shorts that reference, and basically they're like side stories for The Boys. Each of the members of the... They make appearances. They're not completely about those characters. Some are like the, the last episode, episode eight, is all about Homelander. But a lot of them are about different, you know, nobodies or just side characters, and they incorporate the main characters in. So these are not origin stories. Not really. See, I pay attention. Look at that. Now, you know I love the boys. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Everyone knows that. The show on Amazon. I love season one. Season two, nah, it got better at the end. 
So this is just a little uh, appetizer, I guess, before season three. Now, there's no real commitment here because they're only 14 minutes apiece. I like that. Right? So, I mean, you're like, oh, how long is this? They're, they don't drag on. Like, Love, Death, and Robots, which I like. Some of those were like half an hour. Some of those were 10 minutes. They, they ran over. This literally 13, 14 minutes an episode, and you're done. And the weird thing is they got like A-listers working on these, whether they're doing the voices or writing them. Seth Rogen wrote one. Of course, you know, he executive produces the show. Right, Aquafina, mm-hmm. Andy Samberg, uh, Aisha Tyler—they all wrote and contributed voices at some point. Really? Yeah. Don Cheadle does a voice. A lot of celebrities in this. Everybody I think is like, "Oh, I love the boys. I'm going to get in on this." And you know, these are okay. I think the problem is people are like, "Oh man, it's so sick and twisted." And I went in and I'm just like, "Is it really?" I'm wondering if I'm the one with the problem because nothing really like wowed me in terms of like, oh my God, that's so gross. Or that, I mean, okay, one thing was kind of gross, but it's kind of funny. Aquafina's episode, which is number four called BFFs, she does the voice and she takes Compound V, you know, as a kid and uh, it gives her the power to control shit, literal shit. She can I control see. it, right? She gives birth to a shit baby. Oh, great. And it's like her little buddy. So that's about as gross as it gets. And it's super violent. Uh, Like I said, there's eight of them. You can fly through it. Look, I watched it all this morning. I woke up and I just like, all right, let's just do it. And I went through them. Um, The most enjoyable one for me was episode number two called An Animated Short Where Pissed Off Soups Kill Their Parents. And that one's kind of funny because all the soups, they're lame. They suck. They don't have like really great powers. So they want to enact revenge on their parents for injecting them with the compound V. Okay. Like the Menendez brothers. They did that for the same reason, Exactly. Absolutely. Compound V. And they were superheroes. Everyone knows that whole Eric and Lyle issue. Yeah. Right? Do you know that Eric and Lyle Menendez killed their parents the same day my father died? Isn't that fascinating? How would I know that? (laughs) You wouldn't know that, but I'm letting everybody know. You know? And it's a trip because, like, there's all this uh, police video stuff, you know? You know, where they go into the house and it's all dated, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that day. Yeah, rough day. <laughs> rough day. Rough day for multiple people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard a funny take on that. Uh, I think it was Adam Carolla. He said, you know, you're a bad parent when one of your kids says to the other kid, let's kill mom and dad. And they go, what time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, where was I going with this? What was that about? How do we get on... Oh, I don't know. the uh, Serial killers and yeah. wanting to kill their parents. That's right. it. That's it. Um, I don't think you should watch this if you don't like the boys. You're really not going to benefit from it. It's it's not like any like incredible animation where it's like, you know, oh my God, you got to see this even if you don't watch the show. This is really only for people that are fans of the show. Okay. I don't know. Some, some of them aren't that good. Some of them are. I enjoyed them. Like I said, the second one, if you like Homelander, the last one, number eight. And then the one that Andy Sandberg wrote is dark. It's about this older couple. The wife is dying from pancreatic cancer. He steals some compound V, gives it to her, and her tumor explodes from her and starts going on a killing spree. Some pretty nasty stuff in it. That's gross. And I'm like, Andy Sandberg wrote this? Anyway. Huh. So look it, it's out there now. It came out a few weeks ago. The Boys presents Diabolical, eight animated shorts, zero commitment. If you like The Boys, which I do, it's a binge.
There you have it, folks. Demo loves the boys, and uh, all of his neighbors know, as required by law. Um, so, uh, now, when you say, if you say, if you like the boys, you'll like this spinoff thing. Do you mean like it the way that I like it, which is that's pretty good, or like it no, the way that I really, like Frasier? What do you mean, like you like Frasier? I you love, love Frasier. That's what I'm saying. Like, what level of liking the boys? Do I you think have to you like? really gotta like it. I mean, th- these are enjoyable, but I, I don't think they're for everyone. Can I just talk about Frasier though? Okay. okay. Why not? I know you love it. Yeah. Cozy TV. Yep. My girlfriend is obsessed with it. Go over her place. There it is on Cozy. She's either watching The Nanny or Roseanne or freaking Columbo. But the thing is, I'm over there all the time. So we're watching Frasier like crazy. Yeah. And I really didn't watch it in its original run. And I got to tell you, man, Frasier is fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. One the of the writing, best sitcoms. They're performing. All of it is so good. It's really enjoyable. I have no problem sitting down and watching three or four of them in a row. Yeah, and those are on Hulu to bring it back to streaming a little bit. They are? Yeah. What did you say was on Cozy TV? Cozy TV. Basically, Cozy just bought a bunch of old shows, and they just throw them out there. Cozy TV is owned by NBC Universal. The network airs classic television shows from the 1960s to the 2000s. Point being, you mentioned Frasier. And uh, hey, everybody, Binge Frasier. And as I'm sure you know, the sitcom with the most Emmy wins ever. Yeah. It had 37 wins and 108 nominations. Fantastic show. I'm not sure how we got onto it, but we did. Now I have some breaking news. Oh, yeah? We have a call-in interview. Now, uh, you and I have both made independent films. What a pain, right? Uh, But this guy bravely navigated that process and has a finished film. Joining us now... Dan Copeland, writer, director, producer, actor. Movie coming out soon called Eight Wins. Dan, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you about my new film. Excellent. Right off the bat, and this is really not about your film so much, but a minute in, and I'm like, this guy is a huge Apocalypse Now fan. Right? Absolutely. That is my all-time favorite movie. I actually lived with that film for a year. So when the film opened in New York, I was managing movie theaters. And um, at the Ziegfeld Theater, we did what was called a hard ticket road show. Mm -hmm. In the old days, movie tickets, you just bought a ticket and took your seat wherever you could. And so for Apocalypse Now to make it an event, they did reserve tickets. So it was my job to design and execute all those ticket sales. So I was there opening day and we had a line around the block to buy tickets. So I actually, wherever that film went for the first year it opened in New York city, I was there. So I saw it a lot of times. Wow. That's awesome. Question for you. What do you think of the other cuts that he released? Like, you know, Redux and then the final cut. I've seen them all actually. I have too. To be be candid with you, I kind of prefer the the original theatrical cut. That thank went out. you, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. I'm 100% feel the same way. I find that that French plantation scene stops the movie dead. Yep. The the movie has enough problems in the third act, you know, uh, momentum wise. <laughs> the final cut, I go, oh, he's definitely going to take the plantation scene back out. Nope, there it is. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I agree with you. After three versions, the original 79 theatrical cut is the superior version. Yeah. I mean, I, there are kind of three different movies, actually. 
I was at NYU Film School, and the original John Milius script was on reserve in the reading room, so I got to read the original script, mm -hmm. which was really much wilder and, and fanciful and almost uh, kind of uh, a post-apocalyptic type of story. But that plantation sequence is just, I mean, it's beautiful, but it just doesn't belong in the movie. It I just agree. doesn't. It, it does doesn't not work. It, it doesn't advance the story. It could have been another movie on its own. It was almost like a dream sequence. I know. Well, um, when Coppola was shooting it, like in Hearts of Darkness, he was telling them why they're making it. I'm not going to put this in the movie. It's like crazy. Yeah. He knew. He knew. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to harp on Apocalypse much more. I know Joe needs to move on here. But I just want <laughs> yeah. to say I'm a kindred spirit there for Apocalypse now. So when yeah. your movie started that, I was like, oh, I like this guy already. Well, you know, just to, as a side, I mean, there was a longer cut uh, of my film, which had a lot more allusions to Apocalypse now in it. And, and, you know, the way movies go, you shoot stuff and then you get to the editing room and it, it just doesn't fit anymore. So I lost a lot of it. But... But yeah, uh, Apocalypse Now is ingrained in my psyche. Excellent. Great. Well, this was quite the ride uh, story-wise, and, and you wrote this yourself, right? Correct. And uh, we'll give just a real short, I guess, the log line. Uh, it's kind of three different people from different industries that get entangled trying to stop a Russian uh, villain from trying to control the water supply. A little bit uh, inspired, I would say... It reminded me of Chinatown a little bit with kind of the villain's goal. And then, um, you know, great three characters, one of them played by you, that kind of get, you know, brought into that whole conflict. So what was the inspiration for this story when you wrote it? Well, definitely Chinatown and, and also Robert Altman's The Long Goodbye and all the the Bogart, uh, Marlowe-type films that, uh, that came out um, were films that always uh, inspired me when I was growing up and then i always love spy movies and and movies where you know the plot is like a chess game so the inciting event was actually the 2016 election <laughs> i just got so upset over that that i and i looked at my life and i you know it'd been 20 years since i had made a movie of my own i worked on a lot of other films for other people but it'd been 20 years since i made my film and so I said, I got to do it. I'm running out of time here. You know, I started writing the script immediately. I even started shooting this film before the script was done. You know, it was just like the hell with it. I got to make a movie. I got to do it. I don't care if it costs, you know, 10 cents or 10 million bucks. I'm making this film. Well, you did it. But I did it. I had to do it. Yeah. So Demo and I have been through the uh, filmmaking process with indie films, uh, some shorts, and then a couple years ago, a feature. What a pain. And anyone who's made it through that whole process, we have a, a world of respect for because it's a grind, right? It's always an adventure, I hate to say, because it's not always a fun adventure. You know, and this is the third film, feature film I've made of my own. And, you know, I've got credits for about a handful of other films that I've worked on in a variety of capacities. You know, I just got to do it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about making the money. It's about, you know, telling the story and entertaining people and, you know, exploring the world through art. You look at that as the plus, and then you look at the negatives, which is you kind of work in a room by yourself for five years, wondering if at the end of the day, anybody will even see your film, much less like it. Well, congrats on finishing it, and now 
getting it out there. Um, as this episode airs, it will have just come out on uh, Amazon Prime. Is that right? So it'll be on Dish, Vudu, Google Play, Xbox, Prime Video, DirecTV, Verizon, Viewbiquity. So you can pretty much get it wherever you get movies. Yeah. Great. And it premiered, actually, looks like in Madrid, right? Correct. We had our world premiere at the Madrid International Film Festival last summer, and it won uh, Best Original Screenplay. And a couple, or it was nominated for some other stuff, too, it looks like, including Yeah, you. I mean, we kind of swept the nominations. Best Feature Film, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Editing, um, a couple others. So, yeah, it really tickled my fancy. This film has some great talent in it. Um, it's got you, of course, but then you've also right. got Robert Davi, who is awesome right. in it, the leading lady, Leona Paraminsky. Joe Sabatino, who did, uh, I think, was nominated for something at the Madrid Festival, too. Yeah, he was Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. And um, you guys all, uh, well, actually, I just wanted to ask from a production standpoint, how long did you shoot? How many days did you shoot? Um, I think it was about 27 days, plus another two days of reshoots. But it was 27 days spread out over about um, two months. Some days we would just go and shoot one scene, like, one day we just went to Beverly Hills and shot that, you know, walk and talk between Charlie and Natalie with the fireworks. One day we just went down to the beach and, and shot the stuff down there. So there were a couple of full days, but most days were, you know, pretty manageable, five or six hours at the most. And you shot, it looked like the West Side Comedy Club. Uh, for Yeah, the exterior of, was that, was, a, was a, that West Side Comedy Club and then the actual interior, the stage was uh, uh, the lounge theater up in Hollywood. The brick wall was a lounge theater in Hollywood. And then the bar was at a standing stage at a place called Remit Studios up in Encino. Oh, yeah. I've been to Remit a few times. And uh, yeah. speaking of that scene, uh, the bartender, Socrates Francis, a mutual friend of ours, that's who introduced us. So thank you, Socrates. Right. The movie is Eight Winds. Go see it anywhere. Thank you, guys, and have a good time. Enjoy this film. It's meant to be entertaining. Excellent. Dan, thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for being on Binge or Purge. But before we go, what are you watching now? What's streaming out there that you really want to, you were enjoying and you think people should check out? Yeah, a couple of shows. Uh, most of them are on HBO. Uh, I really enjoyed The Gilded Age. Ha-ha! Um, I just oh, reviewed yeah. it last week, and I loved The Gilded Age, and I was surprised. Yeah. I didn't think I was, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the American version of Downton Abbey, but uh, I grew up in New York, and so a lot of that, that history rings true for me, and I enjoyed that. Um, the new show, Minx, is really funny. Um, and uh, if you haven't seen Station Eleven yet, you've got to watch that show. I, I did watch amazing. Station Eleven. I did. We <laughs> I didn't care for Station Eleven, but I, okay. I, I just I, I just thought it was kind of a mess. But uh, hey, a lot of people love it for sure, and I'm glad yeah. you do, definitely. Well, as Mark Twain said, that's why there's horse races, the difference of opinion. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll let you go, Dan. Thank you so much for being on Binge or Purge. We appreciate you taking the time. And once again, everybody go check out Eight Wins. Have a good one. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. That was very nice of Dan Copeland to call in. I'll recap real quick. We only did two other shows today. We talked about Windfall on Netflix. 
Um, I said that's an absolute binge. Mm-hmm. You'll like it too, Demo. I think it's up your alley. Okay. And then Demo talked about The Boys presents Diabolical. A, a uh, It's an anthology, right? Yeah. Eight animated shorts, 13 to 14 minutes. If you love The Boys, definitely watch it. If you don't, you're, you're going to be like, what? why? What am I doing here? All right. So those were the two shows. We had a great call in. Uh, Eight Wins is out now on all streaming platforms and uh, where can people reach us demo please send us your voice messages which you've been doing so well everyone sarcasm sarcasm for the love of god someone send us a voicemail okay i mean what are you afraid of people you're scared i understand you're scared okay take those risks how much time do we have left on this planet okay we don't know nothing's for certain but live on in infamy and record your voice and send it to us at bingeorpurgepodcast at gmail.com. We will play it, and you will be happy you did it. Yep. And also uh, Instagram at bingeorpurgepodcast, Twitter at bingeorpurge, Facebook.com slash bingeorpurge. Pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts. So yeah, you, look tell at, a friend. Hey, tell a friend. That's really the friend. message. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Tell a friend. We're out there. We're, you're listening. We keep going here. All right. We're filling time here. That's what we're doing. Let's wrap it up. As always, we want to thank Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Instagram at the Jesse Greer. That's Jesse with a Y. Thank you, Jess. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.